Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today, we are discussing the 11th Perek of Melachim Bet, which brings our attention back to Yehuda, back to the southern kingdom, and continues broadly the narrative of the destruction of Ahav's family. You recall that the previous king in Yehuda was Ahaziah. Ahaziah was killed by Yehu, and now there is no king. Ahaziah has children who seem to be very young and not quite ready to take the kingship. And meanwhile, he has a mother who is still alive. And that mother is Atalia. Atalia is the daughter of Izevel. Atalia is the daughter of Ahav. And she's going to prove very much her parents' children, very much, I would say, her mother's daughter, following in her uh, particular uh, way of, of boldness, of, of wickedness, and uh, with a kind of a lust for power. And our parak opens, there's no king in Yehuda. And so seizing on that lack of leadership, Atalia makes a dramatic play for the throne by attempting to kill all of Ahaziah's children, all of the people who have a claim to the throne. Now, for those keeping score, that means she's killing her own grandchildren. So what we're finding in the South now is that Ahav's own descendants are basically cannibalizing themselves. They are getting, they're, they're wiping themselves out. And she quite nearly succeeds at wiping all of them out, which, by the way, means ending uh, the Davidic rule of Yehuda's is incredibly consequential. Uh, but fortunately, Yehosheva, who is Ahaziah's half-sister, was able to take one of the young heirs to the throne, the, the last vestige of the Davidic dynasty named Yoash, and to hide him away in the house of, of Hashem. Of course, she did that this with the support, with the help of uh, the Kohanim, namely, or chiefly, Yehoyada, who was the Kohen Gadol at the time. And in Devarayamim, we are told, uh, Yehoyada is actually uh, Yehosheva's husband. So the two of them hatch this plan to save the Davidic line from complete destruction. They hide away Yoash uh, together with a wet nurse, and, and they, they remain hidden. This incredibly sensitive secret is kept for six years as Yoash grows up. And then finally, in the seventh year, the time has come, Yoash is old enough to, to take the throne. And so Yehoyada calls upon the military to establish a firm guard around Yoash and the, and, and the Mikdash, and the, and the Mishkan, oh, the Mikdash, rather. And, uh, and remarkably, we're told that they use David HaMelech's own, own spear and shield uh, for, this, for this guard. And that's an, a move that's so obviously replete with symbolic meaning uh, as, as what they are doing is, is defending, as I said, this last vestige of the Davidic dynasty. So the, using, the use of David's spear, the use of David's shields uh, so clearly is meant to, to, uh, to reinforce this and, and to display to all the significance of this moment. And then there is this public coronation ceremony. We're told that the nation happily rejoices in their new king. They're happy that they have this newest link in the nearly vanished Davidic line. And by the time Atalia finds out, she is too late. And she, she's extremely upset. She cries bloody murder, but, uh, but obviously to no avail. And she is quickly put to death. And the people proceed to then go and destroy uh, the house of Baal, the houses of Baal, of Baal worship. Uh, obviously a clear display that uh, there's a kind of a turning a new leaf and a, a public turn towards, towards tshuva. And the, and the, and the parak ends on, on this, very joyful celebra- uh, this very joyful note with joyful celebration. In Divrei Hayamim, some more 
substance is given some more flesh is is is, is presented you know put on the bones uh, in terms of the 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 chuva movement of this moment and and all the particulars for us though the parak is is very brief uh, and it only gives the outline of a story that is uh, obviously a, a very powerful and and a story with 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 so much it leaves you wanting to know so much more. I mean, this was a story of enormous bravery. There was the, the stakes were extremely high, and it's clear that there was careful planning and and broad support and a network of people that were all working against uh, and trying to uh, undermine uh, the the queen and it, all this intrigue that we're just kind of left in the dark about. But one thing is clear, and that is that there is a stark contrast being uh, drawn here between the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. In the north, not only do we find that the, the kings are wicked and power-hungry and often devotees of Baal worship, uh, but we, we also don't find that the common people uh, are so opposed to the kings and the queens. We don't find these bastions of monotheism and piety, except for the, the kind of lone Navi, maybe with a few of the Navi's followers, but it's really the Navi versus everyone in the north. The wickedness seems to have penetrated and seeped all the way into society, all the way really to the core in a certain way. We get such a different picture from the southern kingdom. Here we have a kind of popular uprising against Atalia. And this includes the Kohen Gadol. So uh, it includes uh, undoubtedly many other Kohanim as well, right? The Kohen Gadol couldn't pull this off himself. So that means that you had all these Kohanim working together to undermine this wicked queen. Um, and, uh, and in addition to that, Adonia calls upon the heads of the military to, to, to come and, and offer protection for this coup. And so obviously they are on board and, and interested in reinstating Davidic rule. And then we're told that the entire kingdom joyfully accepts the rule of Yoash and, 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 and enthusiastically tears down this temple of Baal. So it's clear that from the priestly class to the military to the common man, there is a sense of propriety in Yehuda. There is a sense of right and wrong. There is a sense of, uh, uh, of, uh, of a faithfulness to Hashem. And while the leadership may ebb and flow in its righteousness, we're seeing that the southern kingdom has, has fortunately not rotted to its core. The core, the culture, is still strong and directed appropriately towards Hashem, even, as I said, as the kingship might ebb and flow, you might have more righteous kings and less righteous kings, but you still have this kind of critical mass and, you know, the, 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 the bulk of people seem to be interested in doing the right way. And I think in that, in that way, this parak is, is meant to very powerfully both paral, uh, parallel and differ from the previous prakim, right? So how is it similar? In the previous prakim and in this parak, Achav's family is being wiped out. But in the north, the destruction is brought about by this brutal leader named Yehu, who, uh, who's, you know, who's, whose own rule, even once he seizes power, is, is really not a return to Hashem. And so Yehu is the vehicle of the redemption, but he's kind of... He's, to put it mildly, a very complex character, as we've said in the in the in the in past few uh, presentations. But he, he he's not a great he's not a great salvation from Achav. Uh, it's 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 not more of the same, but it's not much better. In the Southern Kingdom, it's only Achav's own family who is responsible for their destruction, right? So the brutality is is not from the next layer of leadership. The brutality comes from Achav's family. It's Atalia versus uh, the other heirs to the throne. 
And then when the legitimate king from the Davidic dynasty then rises to power, it ushers in uh, a massive tshuva movement and it ushers in a a new era uh, and and the promise of so much more uh, positivity and and a a return to to Hashem. And and that contrast, the end of our parak, the end of the the previous prakim is incredibly stark as we find that that the the northern kingdom kind of has maintained... uh, it's itself in a very dark area, right? It's, if, if it's no longer quite in a free fall, it's still in a, in a downward spiral. Things are still going from bad to worse, really. Uh, big Adol uh, in the Northern Kingdom, not so in the Southern Kingdom. The Southern Kingdom still has at its core, uh, it, it, its, its values still has at its core a sense of propriety, and that enables it, uh, despite, as I said, you know, leadership being better and worse, it still is enabled to to continue to grow and to show signs and uh, of promise and hopefully uh, growth and development and we'll see how uh, Yoash's rule will ultimately pan out uh, in the prakim ahead. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz and happy learning.